Welcome in, everybody. It is a Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune. I am the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know, with the uh, the Wonder Kid, Parker Thune. And we're back. I was out yesterday. The tooth has been removed. Pain has been removed, at least for now. I feel pretty good. I feel maybe a little bit woozy, but I'm ready to go. I feel very irresponsible, very irresponsible because of all this toothache pain that not only I have endured, but made you guys endure, changing the schedule. I feel really bad about it. Well, this is why you got to take care of the pearly whites. I tried, and I've got a great dentist, but he kept telling me, we've got a tooth back there, this back molar way back here Uh that was so bad they had to pull it. Dr. Brooks had been telling me, you know, we got to look at this, Mike, we got to look at this, we got to get on top of this. That's why you listen to Tim Brooks. Hey, I'll tell you what, we can push it back, push it back, way back. And we'll be fine. And as usual, I made an idiotic decision and paid for it. But that's pretty much the story of my life in many ways. So how we doing? Everything good? It's signing day, Mike, and I'm doing absolutely nothing. So Taylor yes, Heim, today's a fantastic already, day. You've already talked about Taylor Heim a bunch of times. But it's Heim time again today. So the Sooners have one late signing period signee. It's done. It's over with. It's Taylor Heim. The kid from Bethany, 6'4", 190 pounds. The question is, really, what is going to happen in terms of where he's going to play? And we don't know yet. I get the sense he's going to play on the defensive side of the ball. And by the way, over the last couple of weeks, if I had a nickel for every time I'd had somebody tell me, I thought this kid committed months ago. And I'm like, no, that's Taylor Wine and not mm-hmm. Taylor Heim. Yes, there's so a difference got- between Wine and Heim. Yes, but uh, Taylor Heim, the only signee on this National Signing Day for Oklahoma. They add a 26th member to the class. They are immune from all of the craziness. They are immune from the five-star carousel, the five-star circus, as it were. Uh, you got guys like Nicholas Harbor, Deuce Robinson, etc., cetera, uh, either announcing decisions today or pushing things off even further. So it's really nice to be sitting here on a National Signing Day for the first time since I've been in the business, Steely, and have absolutely nothing that I have to constantly be checking in on every spare second. We were talking about a year ago, and it was there were basically four developments, right, last year, late signing day for OU, you were talking about. R. Mason Thomas, Grayson Halton, Cavante Henry. And Jamarian Burt. Those four. Yeah, so – as I recall, last year on National Signing Day, what had happened was R. Mason Thomas was still in technicality, committed to Iowa State at the time, never officially flipped, just signed with Oklahoma instead of Iowa State. Uh, Jamari and Burt had been committed to Florida previously under the former staff there, but had decommitted once Dan Mullen and his assistants were all fired, and there was the changing of the guard at Florida. Oklahoma came in late, hosted him on an official visit in January, got his signature on February 2nd, Groundhog Day, a year ago. And then you had a couple other late flips in Grayson Halton, whom I guess didn't officially flip from Oregon to Oklahoma, but decommitted from Oregon after being pledged there for almost a year. And then signed with Oklahoma after an official visit in December, I want to say. Or it might have been January. But uh, then the fourth member, uh, fourth late addition for Oklahoma in the class last year was Cavante Henry, who obviously didn't last long. Uh, but that was a big deal because he was committed to Michigan, had taken late officials to Oklahoma and Arizona. Things were trending toward Arizona up until literally about 12 hours before he faxed in his paperwork 
but he surprised everybody at the end and picked Oklahoma. So it was a real good, real fruitful National Signing Day for Oklahoma a year ago, but I think the uh, the blessing, the silver lining amongst there not being a whole lot happening on National Signing Day this time around is that you got 25 really gifted signees that all put pen to paper in the early signing period for Oklahoma, and you were able to close on the likes of Peyton Bowen and P.J. Adebare and Makari Vickers, especially when you think about those key defensive signees that the Sooners added. You were able to get all those guys in the boat early and not have to sweat it out with everybody trying to flip them down the stretch in January and February. Has Kevontae Henry wound up anywhere? No, he is not. Not to my Yeah, point. he was in the portal for a while. So, All right, we're going to talk schedule here in a minute. Uh, Hein, by the way, according to uh, one of our texters, is 6'5". Apparently, he has the tape measure and has gone and done the measuring. I'm here at 6'4", okay? If you want to be well, actually, guy, this early in the show, okay? This early in the show, Hyman 6'5", Hyman 6'5", Hyman 6'5", Hyman 6'5". I mean, come on. Jace, can you imagine that? I'm going to take this guy. He's another inch higher than that. 6'5", 6'5", 6'5". Look, if you, here's Good the thing. Lord. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, a, until I see official measurements once he joins the roster, I don't know what to believe. Unless like, this guy's on the coaching staff at Bethany or you're like his dad, I don't believe you, okay? Yeah, and also, if you're taller than 6'3", you're not allowed to quibble about an inch higher or an inch lower. Well, and you just don't want Will actually guide this early in the show. That's the guy you want to kick out of the party. It's like There were a lot of Will actually guys. This dude is going to be correcting you all night, okay? Don't invite him to the party. You're going to say something, he's going to correct you. You're going to say something, he's going to correct you. You don't want him here. There were a lot of Will actually guys on the text line yesterday. Really? You missed, you missed a doozy. You know what? I was on nitrous oxide at the time, so I was feeling great, man. I was feeling really great. Hey, Nicholas Harbor to South Carolina. Girlfriends are still undefeated. There we go. There we go. Okay, um, yesterday the schedule came out, of course. The new schedule is here, ladies and gentlemen, finally. And uh, for the Sooners, I would say pretty favorable, right? Don't you think? I would say it's favorable. Now, yes, the, closing, I look at that the closing part is, you know, you go to Provo, and then you go to uh, come back home and play TCU. you think that game's going to stay on a Friday, or do you think it'll eventually be moved? No, I bet it'll stay on Friday. Yeah. Now, that is kind of a late middle finger from the Big 12 to Oklahoma. Go to Provo and then have a short week to turn around and come back and – play the team in TCU that just went to the college football playoff, went to the national championship game. But we talked about it yesterday in great detail. As I look at that schedule, Steely, I see nine games minimum that should be wins. And again, go, going back to the Got to be careful, campaign, though, right? Yeah, it looks good. What should it happen good, does not always happen. Right. And a lot can change between now and September. My opinion of this schedule right now may not be my opinion of this schedule come the third week of August once we have a good idea of what's going on behind the scenes in preseason camp. But as I look at the schedule, I see nine games that ought to be wins. The three that I'm worried about are Texas, BYU, and TCU. Well, yeah, those uh, Provo's going to be interesting. It's going to be senior night for BYU, and uh, those guys are already talking about Oklahoma's coming to town. Here comes Oklahoma. They're 2-0, and BYU is, in their history against OU with a Copper Bowl win and, of course, the win at Jerry World. So, But I think there's a lot favorable there. 
And what do we talk about? The two road trips we wanted to see, Provo and Cincinnati, you get both of those. Bedlam, November 4th is going to be, uh, you know, an earlier time for Bedlam uh, in Stillwater. But, again, I, I think the schedule is kind of favorable for Oklahoma. It looks pretty good to me. Uh, the closing stretch, we don't know how good BYU is going to be. Yeah, they lost a lot of guys off last year's team. TCU had an unbelievable season last year. You know, you think that for TCU, I'm not saying they're going to fall off the face of the earth with Sonny Dykes there. I think they're still going to be good. But uh, you will know what this Oklahoma team is all about, and you'll certainly know what the TCU team is all about because it's the last game of the year, and we'll see if they keep it on a Friday night. Um, why have it OU in Texas? You know, and I'm, Plank was talking about this. T-Row was talking about it this morning. Normally, you know, the Sooners are so good on social media, right, mm-hmm. that they've got their own schedule edited out by now. Texas pretty good at it, too. All they did was retweet, retweet the conference. Which you know exactly why. They don't like it. They, they don't like what's going on. They're on the outs with the Big 12. That's right. But why are they so upset about it? Because you think, oh, you thought, you know, Provo and then five, you know, come back six days for TCU. Or do you think it's well, part of the, they're trying to get out and they, there's too many roadblocks to get out, all of that stuff? Well, who's to say they are upset about it? That's a pretty silent, pretty subtle way of expressing like you're you're not going to take that as Oklahoma and Texas being upset unless you go and like actively look for it right that's not something that the average social media user would have noticed that OU and Texas just retweeted the Big 12 game it's like high school though the if the girlfriend breaks up with you and puts you in the friend zone the next day at school you see her at the locker she says hello what do you do you don't acknowledge her right that's what happens. Now, later in life, hopefully when you get more mature, you don't act that way. But I'm just saying. It's a little bit unusual. It's just a little bit unusual. Hey, we have Bedlam basketball tonight. It's free. Free Bedlam tonight, 8 o'clock, Lloyd Noble Center. Big game for Oklahoma. The Sooners, I think, have to get to 6-12. and 12. I know that Joe Lenardi had them as the last team in in his bracketology release the other day. But uh, this is one of those games you need to put in the win column. If you're Oklahoma, you played great against Alabama. I don't think Oklahoma can play at that level again. I'm not saying I don't think they can play well. I think they can. But that game, man, that was about as good as it gets for OU, that takedown, 24-point takedown of Alabama. So we'll see. 8 o'clock tonight, admission is free. Sooners need a win, no doubt about it. They need every win they can get. I do think that Bama win certainly strengthened uh, their resume, because like I said, Joe Lenardi has them now last team in. But you've got to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, and you got to build on it. The last team in on February 1st doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot in the grand scheme of things. you got to keep winning. you got to keep stacking. By the way, if admission is free and that building is not packed tonight, we got issues. Yeah. we got issues, Steely. It better be at least close to packed, if not packed. By the way, uh, Sooner Basketball again tonight for Bedlam. And again, uh, the Cowboys won the first game of the big-time beatdown of OU in the second half. The Sooners actually led by six at halftime up at uh, Gallagher-Iba, but the Cowboys stormed back and won going away by 16. So uh, Sooners with some revenge on their mind tonight. So again, 8 o'clock tip time tonight for Sooner Men's Hoops. The Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. You can call them at 405 405- 
329-1940. That's 405-329-1940. All right, break time. We're going to get a lot of texts in today. It's all your text, all us, no guests today. Thank you. Last year, Home Covered Systems, appreciate you, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you as well. Coming right back here on The Ref. Let's go. Let's get it going here on this Wednesday. Good to be back. Apologize, you know, the achy tooth, the achy breaky tooth got me. But it's gone now. It's gone. No Tylenol, no acetaminophen, no Origel. No quart of tequila. None of that stuff. Hey, you know who's in shambles right now, Steely? Who's that? Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning in Oregon just got stuffed in a locker on both national signing days. Wow. This cycle. How about that? Yeah, it was Peyton Bowen. It's Peyton Bowen the first time around. Now it's Nicholas Arbor. How about that? Ooh. How about that? All right, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Good to have you with us on the ref. Uh, we'll get to more text here in a minute. Okay, so one signee for the Sooners on the late signing period, uh, Taylor Heim, the kid from uh, Bethany, 6'4", um, 6'5", six, six, depending on who you believe me or, well, actually, guy in 190. <laughs> Somebody's like, go let the guy get in your head. I just told you a while ago I'm calling out the well, actually, guys, and I'm calling out the hillbillies. That's not in my head. I'm just trying to eradicate the well-actually guys and the hillbillies. That's all. Well-actually guys, not as bad as the hillbillies, but something has to be done. They have reared their ugly heads on social media and too many places. They need to be put back in their hillbilly homes. And the well-actually guys just need to chill. One inch doesn't mean a lot, except in some cases. (laughs) Oh, no. We're officially off the rails. I'm talking about like fourth and inches or something. That's what I'm talking about. Don't get tawdry on me. Did I get tawdry on you? You said you laughed. I know why you're laughing. Yes, I know why you're laughing. Now, you are very, very clean cuts, very morally sound young man, but I still know what that laugh was about. Okay, if you say so. I'm just saying. All right. But, Steely, it's actually called a well-actually hillbilly. Yeah, those are the worst. Those are the worst, Brian. How you doing, Brian? Good to see you. Okay, so let's hear from Steve Wilfong, National Recruiting Coordinator for uh, 247 Sports. He was on Plank's Sirius XM Big 12 show the other day, and uh, Plank asked him about the Sooners' 2023 recruiting hall, and I would say he's pretty impressed. Yeah, well, Brent Venables has always been an electric recruiter. He was at Clemson. He was the one that kind of spearheaded their efforts on the trail, on the defensive side of the ball. He was involved in all their top targets recruitments, and you know, certainly when he worked at Clemson, he saw how involved Dabo Sweeney was in closing all the players on their board, and uh, he knows how important that is from the head coach perspective, and I think his influence is all over this class, and then he's got a staff full of really good recruiters, and then Oklahoma, as you know, as well as anybody, is a very special place that has a terrific fan base and a lot of history, and, and it's a place that's had Heisman Trophy winners and won national championships recently and been in a lot of college football playoffs, and the thing that kind of blows me away about Oklahoma is you look at how they were statistically this year, and they ranked 129th in total defense. Hell, Brent Venables hasn't ranked 29th very often in his career in defense, let alone 129th. So you look at this class, and I think that there's guys that immediately can come in and help start to change the uh, uh, identity that they have on defense, which is which was horrendous this past year. They go out and land one of the most electric pass rushers in the country out of Pujo, out of Aware. 
I think they got a lot of versatile defensive backs, Peyton Bowen, Makari Vickers, and then they go out and land one of the fastest linebackers in the country in Samuel Omoshigo, and you pair him with Lewis Carter. I think that's a terrific second-level group. I mean, the emphasis on this class uh, uh, was certainly on defense, the defensive line, and in the secondary all across the board. And then I think they landed the best high school quarterback in the country, Jackson Arnold. And I think I talked with you guys about this back in December, but one thing that I'm really interested to see how it shakes out is, you know, Texas, they only recruited one quarterback. They got him, Arch Manning. That was their guy that they uh, coveted, and and he's going to go play in Austin. And with that, they didn't recruit the best quarterback in the state in Jackson Arnold, who's now going to be on the other side of the Red River rivalry and and as good as anybody, in my opinion, under center. And uh, so – uh, that, that you know that just makes the rivalry, rivalry a little more exciting. That is Jackson Arnold apologist Steve Wilfall. There you go. Yes, you know what I was impressed right there. I don't know if it's right, but he said Adapuojo Adabuare. Yeah, no, it's is that it, not we, close? We, we need to work on. Was it not even close? It was. It was not even close. And Steve does a phenomenal job. He has way too much information to keep straight every mm-hmm. single day. So right. I am more than willing to give him a pass for that mispronunciation, but. We're just we're gonna have to get all of Sooner Nation straight because if we don't, they're gonna be mispronouncing well, his name all, for the next yes, three years. Let's just keep it to PJ, right? PJ, let's just keep it to- if you call him out of Poju, he will not acknowledge that. Okay, good. He's PJ. like he'll he'll tell you it's PJ. Call me PJ. And the last name is Adabare. Adabare. PJ Adabare. It's not Adapujo Adabuare. PJ Adabare. Do you think Real he's six four or six five? Uh. Because if he's listing him at 6'4 and he's 6'5, I'm tweeting and texting Steve Wilfong to make sure that he gets it right, even though I'm not really sure. Here's the thing about PJ. Like, if PJ would stand straight up, he's probably 6'5, but his arms are so long that he's just kind of got like a natural stoop. Yeah. And so he probably, like,. If he were to stand up completely straight, he'd probably be 6'5", but as it is, like his functional height is probably 6'4". So you're saying in basketball, the wingspan would be incredible. The wingspan is 7'1", Steely. Good Lord! Dang, really? Yes. yes. That's what everybody ogles over whenever they see him live for the first time is, oh my goodness, he's got some of the longest. Wait a minute, I'm being told the wingspan is 7'2", not 7'1". Here we go. <laughs> That just kills me. I don't know why. I'm like, really? Okay. Um, so, again, the number five class of the country for Oklahoma, and you add Taylor Heim today. All right. This is this is so much of a ridiculous question. Maybe I'm doing it because I've been on dental meds for a long time. Maybe my brain is more screwed up than it was even before this incident. But what percentage chance would you give the Sooners in the 2024 20, class of finishing – Five or better next year in this class. 70%. Really? Yes. Which would be unbelievable. They're going to sign a really, really good class in 2024. A really good class. And it's going to start with, do you think the first wave will be the running backs? Where do you think it's going to happen? That's a great question. I know I think, you, they're in a lot of good backs, you think. Yeah, well, and like here's the thing. The second one back commits, a second is going to commit pretty expediently thereafter. Because it's going to be a duo. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a duo. They're going to take two, and there are so many right now that love Oklahoma, from James Peoples to Jeremy Payne, Stacey Gage, Taylor Tatum, Caden Durham, Xavier Robinson from just up the road at Carl Albert, although 
I think if he ends up a Sooner, he's going to more into move more into a bit of an H back role, a la Dimitri Flowers or Jeremiah Hall. I think that's a that's a spot that they would bring back to get a guy like Xavier Robinson on the field because he's a tremendous athlete, but he's just too big to be a true running back. So. I, I think this class is going to get rolling early for Oklahoma. It had the opportunity to get rolling real early had Michael Hawkins stuck to his January 31st commitment day, but I do still expect him to be Oklahoma's quarterback in this class. It's just a matter of who's going to be first the table, and I think there are so many possibilities. There are so many guys that we've talked about. I, I honestly don't know at this point who I could point to and say, yeah, that guy's going to be locked in with OU before long. I think – Two guys that are probably not going to take too much longer that could end up beating somebody like Hawkins the Punch are Zadavian Sims out of Durant, Oklahoma, and then Bryant Wesco, an OU legacy, four-star wide receiver out of Midlothian, Texas. So those two are guys that I think could be early commits in the cycle for Oklahoma. Casey Poe, the offensive lineman, another guy that I've mentioned in the past. But uh, when it gets going for Oklahoma, it's going to get going in a hurry. It'll be much like June and July last year because once you get one guy in the boat, a second guy's going to yeah. follow and somebody else will see that and say, hey, you know what, I better jump on the train while it's rolling. All right. Uh, what do you expect now from Michael Hawkins? You think he's headed to Oklahoma still, but it's, uh, again, January 31st is coming gone. Any idea on the timetable now? What do you think? I, it's hard to say. Because there's so much up in the air right now for Michael Hawkins. And a lot of it has to do with the UIL situation, his transfer from Allen to Frisco Emerson. That family's dealing with a lot right now. And so once they get clear of some of those things, I don't think he's going to wait too terribly long to commit. I would be very surprised if we arrive at the end of March and Michael Hawkins is not committed somewhere yet. I would think that a decision could come in February if he feels confident in where he's headed. But you got to keep in mind, February's a dead period, so if he wants to take more visits before arriving at his decision or at least go check out OU again, go check out TCU again, because those are kind of the two schools that are head and shoulders above the rest right now, that's going to have to wait till March. So, Well, then what happens? Maybe they go for Heisenberg, right? Maybe Walker White walks into the office and says, say my name to the OU staff. And I think they'd be okay with that mm-hmm. if that happened. If Walker White wanted to commit to OU, I don't feel like they would turn him away to pursue Michael Hawkins or to continue pursuing Michael Hawkins. But again, Hawkins is the top guy on the board for Oklahoma at the quarterback position in 2024. It's been that way for quite some time, really ever since OU clued into the fact that they weren't getting DJ Lagway. Somebody asked, was Hawkins silently committed to Arkansas? That's a rumor that's made the rounds. Uh, no, he was not silently committed to Arkansas. All right, break time right here. We'll get more of your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Realtor Chris, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. All right, it's uh, it's not really sports-related, but it's good. I like it a lot. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Coming back to all of your texts, and we'll hear from Porter Moser on the Bedlam matchup tonight. It's free, people. It's free. And Red Panda at halftime. What a deal. You can't beat that. We'll be right back. Eight o'clock tonight. Bedlam. 
It's free. No strings attached free. All right? You just walk in. It's free tonight. Pack the LNC for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Cowboys win the first game. Again, with a second-half takedown of the Sooners. Oklahoma led 30-24 at the half in that game. And uh, the Sooners were outscored big time in the second half. 48-26, they lost by 16. We'll see if Oklahoma can get its third Big 12 win. Coming off the biggest win of the Porter Moser era, which was that takedown of Alabama, which was unbelievable, a 24-point victory. Which is wild, isn't it, that the worst loss of the Porter Moser era and the biggest win of the Porter Moser era come within four days of Isn't one that another. Isn't crazy? Yeah, and, and look, Bama bounced back last night. They beat Vanderbilt by, let's see, I think uh, it was 57 points. Yeah. It was 101 to 44, Steely. Jerry Alabama Sackhouse, had some demons to yeah, exercise. They did, and they, they most certainly did. Uh, the Jerry Jerry Stackhouse isn't stacking a bunch of victories right now at Vandy, but yeah, Alabama bounced back big time. Okay. Porter Moser and the Sooners, again, they had the lead at halftime in the first game at Bettleman Stillwater two weeks ago, but they were outscored again 48-26 in the second half. So, Porter, what lessons did you learn from that first meeting against the Cowboys in Stillwater? The second half, they got going with their pace. They made shots. You know, they've, they really you know, were making shots all over the place. But it started with transition defense, getting back, having a resistance point earlier. They had us on our heels to the paint the whole second half, um, and that's kind of you know what it was. It wasn't even us. We, we we made nineteen nine of our first fourteen shots, but we just we just our defense just kept on going. It, it didn't. It wasn't there for us for a whole half, and it's been there for us a lot. But it wasn't there for us, and we've got to stop that pace um, that they play with. They write, They want to play really fast. Their guards are elite. They defend. They they they, they run on makes. If you make a basket, you can't celebrate. They're up the floor in three seconds. So we've got to, we've got to stop that pace. There you go, and that's our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Red Panda tonight at halftime as well, balancing those bowls. That's what she does. That's what she does. And you should be there because it's free. No, hey, we operate with no excuses. So be there tonight at the LNC. If you can, it's on ESPN 2 tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, uh, let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. All right, let's do it. One of the best things about this show is y'all play Sun Records era Johnny Cash, the best music. My dad, best dad ever, was a huge Johnny Cash fan. And you know what? I really liked that song even before we played it for Porter Moser. Uh, You can't beat Johnny Cash. If you're not a huge Johnny Cash fan, I question some of your life choices. Not all of them, because mm-hmm. I don't know all of you like that. But I certainly question some of your life choices. Yeah, who do you? who's your go-to country guy? Now, Johnny Cash is in the uh, Country Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, because Johnny Cash didn't write country music, and he didn't write rock music. Johnny Cash was his own genre. He was. I would probably have to go my... T- See, I don't like today's country very much. I don't like country in general very much. But if you go Waylon and Willie, I'm into that. So I like some Waylon Jennings. I like some Willie Nelson. I like some Johnny Cash. Back to the maybe text some line jo- maybe some George Jones. Uh, back to the text line here. Uh, Cody Allen says, "I really want Stacy Gage to be a Sooner." 
Look, I and we've talked about it throughout the week. There are far worse problems to have than the one DeMarco Murray has right now, which is he's got too many guys that he leads for in the 2024 class. If Oklahoma could take four running backs, they might get four running backs. Is Oklahoma right there with Florida on Stacey Gage, you think, right now? I Here's what I think. I don't think Stacey Gage is going to make a decision fast enough to wind up a Sooner. I think there are guys, very highly regarded guys, and I'm speaking primarily of guys like James Peoples, Jeremy Payne, Caden Durham, Taylor Tatum, that are going to be earlier in their decision timeline, earlier with their decision timeline than Stacey Gage will be. And so as of right now, I'm, I'm not expecting Stacey Gage to be in the class, and that's not because Oklahoma isn't in really good position for him. That is strictly because I think there are other guys at the position that are going to have a quicker timeline. Mule shoe takes a loss, Pleasant to Oregon. That'd be Roderick Pleasant. How about the that? Fastest prospect in the entire recruiting cycle. We celebrate Mule shoe losses around here, and we will forever. Roderick Pleasant, I can't remember what he ran in the 100 meters earlier this year, but he's faster than Nicholas Harbor. He's faster than Dylan Edwards. He's got the fastest 100 meter time of any prospect in this cycle. I think it's like a 10.13. Which is just nuts. Um, <laughs> is Michael Patterson McDonald going to start picking up more offers? Saw he got Michigan State. The best uh, yeah, friend offer. That's uh, that, yep. That's the best friend offer. That's David Stone's best friend. Oh, you offered him today, Michigan State. Or oh, you offered him yesterday. Michigan State offered him today. Michigan State is willing to fight this war on all fronts with Oklahoma. Michigan I will- State's becoming a pain in the ass, aren't they? I, I don't know about that. I mean, they're still they're like that annoying tooth I had. You you need some Origel. Every time you see Michigan State, they're just a nuisance. Okay, but, like, who have they taken from Oklahoma I, in the past? Um, I know people point to Bijou. Yeah, but you but never like, thought he was a lock for OU. I, it never seemed like he was going to end up at Oklahoma just because they were going to get P.J. Atabare from very early on after they offered him. Uh, they, they pushed for Colton Vosick. And by Job was just he he was a guy on the board. He was a guy that visited a lot. I don't know that he was ever a guy that the staff was falling over themselves trying to get right. into an Oklahoma uniform. At least that was the sense I got. Four oh five, big Dewey Cox fan. Yes, Dewey Cox, his version of that's amore, one of the best of all time. Uh wonder if there is one SEC schedule that's as boring as OU's. Sorry, a trip to Provo, Utah doesn't do it for me. Well, you know what? You don't have to go to Provo. You're officially not invited to the Soda Fountain Party <laughs> on Friday night before the game. By the way, you probably missed it because you were knocked out yesterday. Steely. Yes, I was. But 8.30 p.m. Friday, November 17th, myself... Tyler McComas, Gunny of Stutzman Army, and all comers will be meeting up at a local old-fashioned soda counter in Provo, Utah. Now, that's clean living right there eating, in Provo, yes, man. Eating slash drinking root beer float. Do you drink root beer float or do you eat it? I think both. I I, I, I think so, too. I, I always That sounds really good, by the way. Yeah, Root beer float is one of those things that always sounds good. We've I had, haven't had one of those in a long time. Why is it some of these things that are so good, I should be having more of these? 
feel like we all should have more root beer floats. Root beer floats are one of those things that you don't really realize that you don't have enough of them. That's how you party, you... party, party at BYU, by the way. Root beer floats. Exactly. Soda Man, fountain. Like I'm, I'm going to be so in my element in Provo. I'm looking forward to this road trip more than any other road trip that I have ever taken to cover OU football because I didn't get to take the West Point trip. None of us did, thanks to COVID. Mm-hmm. Ice cold pitchers of cold milk, too. In Provo? Yeah. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm not one that just drinks straight milk. You could play milk pong <laughs> in Provo. I think that's what they do. We'll go root beer pong. But you know what? I, I think, um, you know, we were talking about going to Provo and going to Cincinnati. Those are the two trips that you wanted. But, again, BYU's been a pain in the you-know-what uh, for OU. Copper Bowl loss. That was when Howard had his halftime press conference. And, of course, Sam Bradford. Shoulder separation there at Jerry World, two very tough. Well, the the Copper Bowl loss wasn't that bad, but the one at Jerry World was. Yeah, that was tough. Important update from the 918. Ronnie Crimson says he will be at the Soda Fountain, and he might invite David Stone. So, hmm. David Stone may or may not be in Provo <laughs> on November 17th at the Soda Fountain with us. There you go, 918. Johnny Cash and Elvis unintentionally created a hybrid genre of country and rock and roll called Rockabilly. Yes, who is a practitioner now, like Dwight Yoakam or somebody of Rockabilly? I don't know. Is Rockabilly still a thing? I, I mean, I guess it can be. If Dwight Yoakam picks up a guitar. By the way, I hated him as Doyle Hargraves in uh, Sling Blade, but what a great performance that was. I don't think anybody my age or within a generation of me is playing Rockabilly these days. Maybe they need to bring it back. Everything eventually comes back, right? Okay. I am. This was written by June Carter Cash, this song, by the way. Or was that Jackson? No, I think she wrote this one. We'll be right back. We are back now. I think of uh, the movie School of Rock every time I hear this song. You cannot beat Zeppelin. So good. All right, you also cannot beat our friends over at Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games, best bars, best dining, best service, best hotel, best everything. That's why they're voted year after year as the best uh, casino experience in the metro area. Great new promotion for February. Love to get away. Now through February 25th, you get a chance to win a bunch of, of cash and bonus play, plus some prizes. Travel vouchers to raise travel for $10,000 each. Three grand prize winners will be coming up. Uh, They will have uh, the uh, giveaway for that particular prize package February 11th. So now uh, through February 11th, earn one entry for every five points in your wild card. Uh, Cash and bonus play. And again, three grand prize winners are going to be chosen to win a travel voucher to raise travel for $10,000 each. And then February 12th through the 25th, also earn one entry for five points in your wild card. Five times entries, February 12th, 16th, 19th, and 23rd. Then they'll have a big drawing, February 25th. They'll award a total of $10,000 in cash and bonus play in preliminary drawings. And then just before midnight, five grand prize winners will be chosen to win $5,000 in cash each. That is part of the Love to Getaway promotion happening right now at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. 
Parker, while in Utah, you have to have a pastrami burger from Berries in Spanish Fork. It's about 10 minutes from Provo, and the wife and I will be at the Soda Fountain. Milkshakes, etc. in Utah are eaten with a spoon. They make them thick. Love it. Thank you for the intel. A pastrami burger sounds obscenely delicious. That does sound good. Now, it sounds like something I'm going to need to be starving in order to put down. But I do love me some pastrami, and everybody loves burgers. I don't think I've ever had a pastrami burger. Have you? I, I have That'll be a I first. That'll be good. Uh, let's see what else we got on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Who is Kenny Wormy? Kenny Wormy, offensive lineman out of Cash, Oklahoma. Another preferred walk-on addition for Oklahoma in the 2023 cycle. So, for those of you that saw his edit, saw his announcement on Twitter, another in-state PWO that Brent Venables is adding to the fold. I tell you what, Venables wasn't lying about building that Oklahoma pipeline. And, of course, yeah. everybody points to guys like Luke Haz and by Job. But, gosh, I'd love to count how many Oklahoma guys are committed to OU and signed with OU in this 2023 cycle. Obviously, the vast majority of them are PWOs, but – Three scholarship guys from within state lines in right. Jacoby Johnson, Eric McCarty, and Taylor Heim, and a whole legion of PWOs. What is it PWO-wise now? They in, they've got to be in double figures, I, right? Again, or close I, to I, it. I need to do a count just off the top of my head here. Jacob Snyder, Cale Fugate, Drew Batt, C.J. Compton, uh, the Horton kid. No, he's from Texas. He doesn't count. Uh the DeQuasi kids. Of course, you got the recent one, Kenny Wormy, Andrew Heinig. They got to be in double digits because I know I'm not thinking of all of them. Are you talking about the kids from Midwest City, DeQuasi? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it'll be DeQuasi because that's a pretty, pretty well known athletic family. I remember the DeQuasis going all the way back to when I was actually young and didn't have any gray hairs a long time ago. Somebody on the text line said, Provo is lame. Bring on Georgia, LSU, Bama, et cetera. You know what? You're lame. You're going to get you're gonna get your SEC fix probably after this year. Uh, trust me. You're going to have more SEC than you know what to do with. Are you sure you're ready for those trips to LSU? Because Steely will tell you, LSU fans If you want to be spat upon and cursed with. for the entire tailgates, uh, that's what you'll get in Baton Rouge quite a bit. Now. Bama has a beautiful campus. It's a really cool football facility. That's a road trip I'm legit looking forward to. Don't know enough about Georgia to have formed an opinion, although the hedges at Sanford Stadium, yep. pretty pretty cool. Oh, man. But, and, Aga, the video of the uh, the Bulldog attacking the uh, Auburn receiver in the end zone, still one of my favorites. Tommy on the text line says, many other recruits get more notice, but Wormy is a kid that has busted his butt and earned his PWO. We are elated here in Cash to see Kenny sign with OU. There you go, Tommy, the pride of Cash, Kenny Wormy. Holy cow, six foot six, 290, Wormy on the text line. So apparently those are his measurable, measurables, six foot six, 290. Uh, by the way, LaDonna from Lubbock mentioned, what about Emmett Jones Jr. from Lubbock Cooper? I know he's a coach's kid. Do we think he will play? Yeah, Emmett Jones' son hmm. is a PWO in Oklahoma go. as well. I like it. I need to tally up all the PWOs. I really do because there are so many in this class. Um, Chapman McCown, there's another one from Norman North. He actually got an official visit last June. 
Jay in Tulsa <laughs> says, Provo has root beer floats, but Cincinnati has sports gambling. And they get I mean, the hey, Skyline Chili, too. Yeah, you get the best of both worlds. Root beer floats in Provo, sports gambling in Cincy. You get to make both of those road trips. There you in go. In 2023. He's not 6'5", Steely. <laughs> Uh, Yo, Parker, is OU still in on JUCO defensive lineman Michael Wakocha? Where do you think he ends up? Hard to say right now, but yes, OU is still in in that race. Somebody on the text line said, y'all are just angry about anything today, aren't you? We're not that angry. We only got angry at, well, actually, guy, that's it. We, did we get angry at anything else? No, I don't think so. you got to keep in mind, anger. if Steely's a little crotchety today, it's because he just had a tooth extracted. That's right. you got to cut the old man some slack. Uh, You're going to have some old man yelling at Cloud. It just happens at this stage, all right? It just happens. How about this text? Listening in Chicago, packed in a plane like sausages. Ugh. I hate flying. Golly, that's, yeah, that didn't sound fun. I hate flying, too, if I have to check a bag. But, man, that's loyalty right there. That, that is, is loyalty. You are today's Ref Army listener of the week of the day. Absolutely. Congratulations. Now text us your real name or something close to it, and we will give you a big shout-out coming up. Okay, shout-out to Tim Lasher and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We're not angry today, folks. Maybe a little bit agitated here and there. I'm the older guy. I'm going to get agitated. Parker, things roll off his back a little easier, you know, just at different stages here. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We've got another hour to go here in the ref. All right, here we go into hour number two. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle. Great guarantee to back it up. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. One... Signing day part two. Signing today for OU. Taylor Heim, the kid from Bethany. So that puts the Sooners at 26 commitments, right? I think. 26 scholarship guys, yep. And uh, they are fourth in the 247 uh, rankings. Now, did they just jump Ohio State? Were they five? Yes, barely. So, it was so, ta- it was Taylor Heim yeah, that yeah. caused so, them to jump Ohio State. Ohio State going to get anybody else? Do we know? Not to my knowledge. So the Sooners, again, it's Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Texas 3, and Oklahoma 4. Old Mule Shoe down there in the Mecca of college football. Or out there in the Mecca of college football, 12th. And they lost a kid today, right? I didn't lose a kid. but They were a kid hoping to get. Hoping to get Roderick Pleasant. He ended up going to Oregon instead. So... Small consolation for Dan Lanning and his staff after losing Peyton Bowen in the first uh, signing period and now losing out on Nicholas Harbor to South Carolina this time around. Who is, team-wise, the biggest surprise for you as, you know, from a team standpoint in the 2023 class, and who is the disappointment? Somebody might say, well, Oklahoma State's way down there, but Oklahoma State is always – you know, Mike Gundy, it seems like this year it's been lower than I've seen ever. But, you know, they might be in the mid-30s or something, and they've always developed their players and, and recruited well to what they want to do. But in terms of a team that you think um, maybe is surprised on the national scene and then one that is disappointed, who would it be? I think, honestly, 
this isn't going to be the answer that people like to hear, but I'm surprised you got Texas sitting at number three. They surprise me every year because somehow they can always recruit at an elite level despite the fact that they don't do anything with it, despite the fact that they're never better than an eight, nine win team, at least over the last, what, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of teams that have disappointed, I think a lot of USC fans will be lying if they said they didn't expect Muleshoe to do a little bit better than 12th in year one there, especially with Malachi Nelson holding that class together. Uh, Texas A&M was a program that rebounded nicely. They ended up at number 14 after we were all leaving them for dead. And it's it's still not a great class, all things considered. Not where they wanted to be, but getting to number 14, uh, that puts that program in decent shape. Looking through this list, teams that didn't recruit near as well as I figured they would have, Louisville was a team that started hot. They end up at number 43 after losing Ruben Owens to A&M. Oklahoma State's sitting there at number 54 in the 24-7 sports composite. <sighs> if I got to pick out a team that really legitimately disappointed, Ole Miss, how about that? They only have 30. 14 commits. Wow. And they're sitting at number 30 in the 24-7 sports rankings. And they got a couple of real nice prospects. Sunterine Perkins is a guy that they held off Alabama for, five-star linebacker. In-state, Raleigh, Mississippi. They got Braxton Myers, uh, flipped him from USC, as a matter of fact. Beat out Oklahoma for Bryson Sanders. Caden Lee was another guy that Ole Miss signed that Oklahoma was in the mix for there for a while. But sitting at number 30, probably not the haul that Lane Kiffin figured he was going to end up with. K-State at 32, but, you know, they're going to coach him up. You know, that's just the K-State way also. And I will say this. I mean, I got a lot of respect for K-State football, no doubt about it. But I am not sad to see Kansas State not on the schedule because they have been the Sooners' kryptonite too many times, right? And it all started going south last year in the K-State, Adrian Martinez, third and 16. But, man, you've got to give, uh, give them a lot of credit because, like I said, they, they seem like they overachieve every year. Okay, text line, help me out here. Okay. During the break, I tried to come up with an exhaustive list of all of Oklahoma's in-state PWOs. Emphasis on in-state. I want to make sure none of you missed that. In-state PWOs in the 2023 class. I came up with nine off the top of my head. I know I don't have them all, so help me out. Chapman McCown, Andrew Heinig, Brandon Harper, Reed DeQuazy, Drew Batt, Kenny Wormy, C.J. Compton, Cale Fugate, Jacob Snyder. Again, that's nine. I know I don't have them all. Who did I miss? Let me know. There you go. They'll help you out. They're very good on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, 405-651-3439. Michael and Broken Arrow, that's our man on the flights as our Ref Army salute goes to Michael and Broken Arrow. He's awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, what does Ron from Lawton have to say? Steel Man, it's great to have you back from your cruise on the Root Canal. Did Dr. Brooks install an NOS button on you? LOL. <laughs> Dr. Brooks did a fine job. Like I said, I pushed it back way back too many times, so I paid for it with some pain, but I'm good to go. He did a great job. So 
It's great not to be worried about, okay, which is this the Tylenol I take here and this? It's okay. I need the ore gel. Where's the ore gel? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I need the steroid too. I'm not thinking about that today. It feels good. 405-651-3439 on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions test. Wasn't there an Amish kid from around prior? It's a duo, David and Donnie Deuteronomy. They're the uh, bookend defensive ends, yes. Yeah. When will Steven Alexander's boys be college-bound? Cooper Alexander's a 2024 tight end. Couple P5 offers to date. Oklahoma is not one of those that has offered. Uh, if they did, naturally, they'd be pretty tough to beat. They have offered the other tight end at Washington, 2025 tight end Nate Roberts, who's going to be a four-star in that class without question. Uh, how? Th- this is interesting. This text from the 785. How would that list you just read – of PWOs rank as a recruiting rank. Seems like Oklahoma State and Kansas State build rosters off these kinds of kids. I'm, I'm kind of confused by that question. Not if really you sure just, what if I guess if you just did the PWOs, yeah, how they well, would rank. It's, it's just that's one of those things that's not worth keeping track of. And not in the sense that like those guys aren't important enough to keep track of, but just in the sense that people who cover this kind of thing have too much going on to keep track of all the PWOs and rank them accordingly. Well, but, and you think about, again, you're going to find some uh, some playmakers eventually if you keep running these numbers, though. Drake Stoops, what did we think initially? We were happy. Hey, Bob's kids get a chance to play at OU. You know, could he get a scholarship? Mm, I don't know. Not only did he get a scholarship early, but, you know, Drake has been a playmaker and has had a great sooner career which i think is absolutely awesome if you could find a couple drake stoopses out of these kids you know you feel great feel great about it so i think this is a uh, smart thing that brent's doing and uh, you know a lot of kids that may not get the full ride from oklahoma feel great about getting the pwo from oklahoma right mm-hmm. and they want to play for the sooners yeah another listener said did you get bat from turpin yes i listed drew bat again i have nine Got nine on my list uh, from the 615. Help us out. You just listed off all of our in-state PWOs. Tell us who you think might be the next Drake Stoops on that list. From that list, I would say, if only for his speed, Chapman McCown has the chance to be a nice special teams player for Oklahoma. Um, Chapman McCown, be- didn't he go to the cheese at Bowl, too? He was there. Yeah, yep. he was there. Look, at, it's going to be hard for him to carve out any type of role in the backfield just because of how Oklahoma has recruited at that position and how they continue to recruit at that position. But Chapman McCown is a guy that I can foresee getting some run on special teams, a la Gavin Freeman. I'm really intrigued by Drew Bad. The frame in particular has me intrigued. Six foot eight, about 260 pounds. If you can pack some cheeseburgers on that dude – Get him north of 300. He played eight-man football out in Turpin, Oklahoma in the Panhandle. So one of those guys that, you know, it's tough to truly evaluate him because. Has OU ever had an eight-man guy breakthrough? I'm sure they have. Uh, Ron, on... Didn't Ron L. Lewis play eight-man? Maybe Ron L. Lewis did. What about, like, Cesar Renty back in the day from Hartshorn? I don't know. The eight-man guy in recent years that obviously took off with Zaven Collins, but he took yeah, off via Tulsa. Tulsa as opposed to Oklahoma. Uh, 
I'm from Noble, says one listener. I really hope Brandon Harper turns into a Stoops. Really rooting for the kiddo. He's a phenomenal athlete. Not very big. About five foot nine on a good day. But athletic is all get out. So one of the prominent Noble Bears. There are many prominent Noble Bears. My uh, my old cousin Bobby Steele, he was a great running back at Noble. Jason Kersey represented Noble. So Noble has some fine, fine individuals. Ronnell Lewis from Dewar was yes, according to seven eight five. Um, Reggie Skinner. Somebody said Reggie Skinner played eight man. Hmm. Yeah, I I was trying to think. Yeah, Ronnell Lewis did break through big time. Then yes, absolutely. Dan Townsend played eight man his first couple years before transferring. Said one listener. Uh, Dan Townsend was what fullback in the mid two thousands. I think to my recollection. I think for a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ron L. Lewis was an eight-man from Dewar. Yep, everybody's... Hart Shorn played 12-man. Sorry to interrupt. From Oklahoma Jones. I was thinking about Cesar Renty back in the day. Uh, let's see what else we have. Pack some burgers on that 6-8 frame and make them pastrami burgers. Yeah, and so for to me, Drew Bat, if only because he's so big, is super intriguing. It's, he's either going to be a guy that booms or he's going to be a guy that you never hear from again because right, there's no guaranteeing that coming from the panhandle having played eight-man football he's going to be able to hold his own against nationally regarded defensive linemen and edge rushers but some of those guys will surprise you some of those guys have surprised you some of those guys that jump in the level of competition doesn't phase them so I'll be keeping tabs on Drew Bat. certainly going to be t- keeping tag- tabs on Brandon Harper and Chapman McCown I would say those three intrigue me the most Okay, yeah, Steelman, no idea that Bobby Steely was your cousin. Uh, he watched him back in Noble. Yeah, he was a heck of a player. Bobby was a, a heck of a player, no doubt, back in the day. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring hour number two, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Back to your text. We'll talk again more OU schedule, talk about when the Sooners are headed to the SEC, and a lot more when we get back. Keep it right here. Were you as excited when the new schedule came out yesterday as Steve Martin was in the jerk when the new phone book arrived? Hopefully you were. Way too old a reference lost on younger listeners, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. It's a fine movie, by the way, particularly when uh, Steve Martin, David Johnson took Bernadette Peters on a date and they went to pizza in a cup. Sounds like a pretty fine place to dine. All right, 405-651-3439. So the Sooner schedule outs. Uh, we knew the non-con, Arkansas State, SMU at Tulsa. First game outs after the non-con, September 23rd at Cincinnati. It's supposed to be at Nippert Stadium. Uh, Then they have Iowa State at home, Texas and Dallas after that. UCF at home after a bye week following the Cotton Bowl, October 21st for UCF. At Kansas, October 28th. Bedlam and Stillwater, November 4th. West Virginia, Norman, November 11th. And then at BYU, November 18th out in Provo. And then November 24th on a Friday at home against TCU on Black Friday. So, I will say this, the BYU guys were very fired up. They were fired up on the 
BYU Sports Network, Spencer Linton and Jerome Jordan, very fired up to have the Sooners on the slates. Senior night in Provo against Oklahoma. (laughs) How do you factor in Oklahoma now to a senior night scenario in year one and what is already going to be an incredibly emotional night for BYU? It's really going to take some time for, for Cougar Nation to wrap their arms around this one. Uh, because the knock on independence was we can't get anybody in Provo in November, especially late November. Um, and now comes uh, one of the most storied programs in the country. Um, you know, and, and they're still trying to adapt to their new coach and new style after Lincoln Riley left for the USC job. And um, if, if they're coming into Provo thinking this is going to be a cakewalk because BYU's new into the league, uh, they'll be in for a surprise, as will Iowa State. But. Um, this is why this is the game in Provo. This is why BYU and Tom Homo long to become a P5, long to get into a Power uh, 5 conference for these kinds of things that have never happened before at BYU. And now we see the Sooners are coming to town. There you go. And uh, Parker has already assembled his uh, party for Provo. The party in Provo will include milkshakes and a pitcher's of ice-cold milk. It's going to be clean living, clean tailgating out in Provo. Yeah, listen, we're not, we're not doing pitchers of milk, okay? I, I'm not a milk drinker. I'm not one of those people that can just drink straight milk. B-Y-O-M, bring your own milk okay. if that floats you your go. boat. But we're, <laughs> we're going to be doing shakes and root beer floats at the Soda Fountain in Provo. November 17th, 8.30 p.m., be there. You guys are good on the text line. He hates these cans. It's a movie reference, The Jerk. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Uh, Jeff Tupper, was he eight-man? Jeff Tupper was recruited out of the state of Missouri, right? I don't think Jeff Tupper was an eight-man guy, but he was a good, solid player on that 85 uh, national championship team, Jeff Tupper. Good guy, too. Somebody on the text line said James Allen played at Winnie Wood, and they were eight-man at the time. Ah, yes, Winnie Wood. Were they eight-man at the time? James Allen was like the number one running back in America. He was very good. He had a a few years in the NFL with the Chicago Bears, to my recollection. Um, James Allen was one of the most highly recruited running backs to come to Oklahoma. I wouldn't go maybe quite as high as Marcus Dupree or Adrian Peterson or Billy Sims, but he was pretty close. The town that Joe Exotic built. Winnie Wood, Oklahoma. That's right. Tupper was from Joplin. That's what I was thinking, Mike. He was from a bigger place. I I thought he played uh, in a higher class. Somebody on the text line said, hey, Drew, Drew Bat is 6'8 and 3 quarters. <laughs> They're trying uh, to get me on the heights again. Oh, uh, no, here just, we go. It was because it was it was because it was the first text I saw. That's all I'm saying. Here we My go. My first text on the on the road back. I mentioned this yesterday on the show, but anytime I say something incorrect or anybody says anything incorrect that makes the air, instantly we have like ten to fifteen people there to correct that individual or myself on the air mm-hmm. coming solutions text line. That just happened. We got like five simultaneous texts. Winnie Wood was never eight man. Yeah, I didn't think he was eight man. We said, and I, didn't, I don't believe that. Winnie Wood's always had a pretty good program. And like I said, James Allen, man, everybody in the country wanted James Allen. Unless they're eight man now, I don't think they are. No, but, they're not. Yeah. Because, yeah, Winnie Wood has Caden Knighton, another guy that's going to be a national name in the class of 2025. Uh, this, this listener says, 
Winnie Wood is not eight man. I've officiated high school football for 26 years. I know. I believe you. I believe you. We're gonna we're gonna go with that. We're gonna go with that authoritative take from unnamed high school football official on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. Scott says, listening with my seven-year-old son, Harrison. Can he get a shout-out? Loves listening to you guys. What up, Harrison? Harrison, what's happening? Be in Provo for Parker's Milkshake Party. All right? Dang right. November All 18th. ages. November 18th. Rated G. General audiences. That's exactly right. This is going to be like a party in a Disney movie. Like a, you know, which would be fine. I mean, some of the other parties get out of hand, right? Exactly. This, this party good, is not going to get out of hand. This, this will be a good, solid, morally sound party situation. Good, clean fun, as you can expect when traveling to Provo, Utah. Another, another listener from the 918 said, My condolences, Parker, on the loss of your QB to retirement. Yeah, we didn't hit that. Tom Brady re-retired today. Do you want to you play the sound clip? Since oh, do, you, yeah, do we, we have a sound yeah, we clip? Do. Tom Brady, it says, a Brady announcement. <sighs> you know, we thought, what did it take him, 43 days um, last year to come back out of retirement? But this is what Tom Brady posted on the gram. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. He wouldn't change a there thing, huh? There you go. Even sacrificing his family on the altar of a <laughs> wild card loss. You know, he might pull an Austin Stogner and go back to Giselle through the portal. You never know. Right? Is Giselle going to be as open to that reunion as Oklahoma was with Austin Stockton? I don't know, but seven-time Super Bowl champion, 45 years old, 23 years in the National Football League. I can still remember when they beat that Rams team when Brady, you know, when they won of the great Super Bowls, thinking, man, Tom Brady's always going to have this moment. <laughs> he got a bunch more of them. So, anyway, I, I do th- think this time he's done. Because he had talked about playing until he was 45. Guess what? He's 45. And, um, you know, I think last year kind of beat him up a little bit. And don't you think this one's going to stick? I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it seemed pretty authoritative, Brady coming out and doing the whole video retirement announcement thing. But also, like, is that is that really the way he's going to go out? Nine and eight. Wild, I do think, eight, he, nine, I th- I think he's loss. done. I think he's done this time. The thing is, he always said, I'm going to play till I suck. And he doesn't suck, at least not yet. But maybe, just maybe, he's decided, you know what, it's not worth it to go through all of this for another year at age 45. But Bo in Murray County is a longtime listener and is thanking us for all the work you do. I think he's probably thanking you, Parker. But, uh, Bo, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you texting us. We, we are happy to have you here. Thank you. 
Steely, are you saying that you're a morally sound human <laughs> being, big fella? That's right, gentlemen. Sorry. I have no idea what just happened. It has something to do with the yard bird. Oh, okay. And gout. Gotcha. I'm just saying. Tracking. Okay. I, I'm just I, saying. I've never listened to that guy, so. We, ladies and gentlemen, uh, would love to have you on the text line with us was Aikman and Henrietta Aikman. I, I, no, I don't think they were Aikman either. I think Troy was playing in, uh, you know, I think that was an 11-man situation. You know what's so weird is I can remember, just like it was yesterday, Troy Aikman's first freshman practice, and I was over there trying to get freshman interviews and talk to Troy, and he was super nice and, you know, didn't say, no, no, no. He basically, we sat and talked for like, not didn't sit, he was actually in the hallway uh, getting ready to go in the locker room and probably talked to him for about three minutes, and he was really short, kind of like, I don't want to say that he didn't want to do it, but you could tell it wasn't his forte at the time. And later in life, he becomes, of course, one of the great color analyst in the history of football. So you never know where life's going to take you. All right, let's break right here. Appreciate you guys on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. When will the Sooners in Texas get to the SEC? Could it happen after this year? We'll talk about that when we get back, get to more of your texts as well. Keep them rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. We are back. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. It is Steelman and Thune at noon. We are 90 minutes in today. Locked in coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas here in a little bit. want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino sponsoring our call-in line, 405-329-9000. Over 2,800 electronic games currently undergoing a renovation that they're heading towards the finish line on. And, again, you're going to find some of the games in different areas, the River Lounge, the Sky Bridge, Showplace Theater right now is a non-smoking gaming area. They are just about ready to complete the renovation. Not too far away. We're definitely in the fourth quarter. Think about Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Showplace Theater coming up here in a little bit. And great February promotions, the Love to Get Away promotion. They're going to give away travel vouchers, three travel vouchers to raise travel for $10,000 each. During the Love to Getaway promotion, three grand prize winners chosen to win a travel voucher to raise travel for $10,000 each. And then later in the month, they are going to give five grand prize winners $5,000 cash each. Cash each. And the Love to Getaway promotion happening right now, February 1st through the 25th, over at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why... Riverwind is simply the best. All right, back to the text line. It's kind of all uh, all you guys today. 405-651-3439. Somebody on the text line said Aikman had that UCLA education, talking about his progression from yeah. awkward interview to elite color commentary. Yeah, and I'm not saying he was scared or bad or anything. He was just, you know, kind of short sound bites, 8 to 12 seconds. But, I mean, he was just a kid coming from Henrietta at that time. Somebody, actually multiple people on the text line chimed in and said, Lyndall Byford, Mm -hmm. massive offensive lineman in the late 70s from Empire Consolidated. I remember Lyndall Byford. Wasn't he like 6'7 and like probably 290 at the time or something? He was was big. I remember that. I think he was really tall, if I'm not mistaken. Parker getting chocolate wasted. Be careful, man. It's a gateway drink. 
That comes from the 405. Another listener said, Parker, hey, at the soda party, you can not only find the love of your life in Provo, you can find the loves of your life. You could be the next, uh, what was the uh, guy on, uh, what was the, uh, Bill Paxton was in, what was that series on HBO? Big Love, where he had three wives. You'd this settle, is lost on me. You would settle for one down the road, right? I, I, I'm down with just one. Okay, yeah, just wondering. I might have missed it, but do you guys discuss Stetson Bennett? Well, we did not. I was not. Was I here Monday? <clears throat> yeah, you were here Monday. Uh, that's right. I was over at Cabin's. But the biggest takeaway from the Stetson Bennett deal was the uh, people that Tattoo Baker duped with that video, including uh, three-year letterman, including Paul Feinbaum, a bunch of people were duped by Tattoo Baker's video. I, I I mentioned it yesterday on the air. I'll reiterate it. I don't know what's more astonishing. The fact that Tattoo Baker has so much time on his hands to come up with all these mm-hmm. fakes and falsified scoops or the fact that so many people continually fall for them. Tattoo Baker likes that attention. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people do, but he is pretty creative. Yeah, I was on Tattoo Baker's uh, creativity. I remember when he had like 8,000 followers or something. He's really good. But it is um, just hearing Paul Feinbaum talk about it. Man, that officer clearly has had some football training, you know. And three-year letterman is a guy who specializes in duping everybody. And he got duped. So that might be... The crowning achievement of Tattoo Baker's social media life. Although he did put media personality on his profile. Is he a media personality? Yeah. I guess in today's day and age, yes. Everybody's, everybody's a media personality these days. That's true. Everybody thinks they're a media person. Everybody's in their own Truman Show, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, Ron from Lawton says, could TV scheduling conflicts be the reason why OU has delayed posting the 2023 football schedule on their website? I mean, maybe, maybe who's to say, I mean, there's stuff out there right now. In other words, maybe if they get something done between Fox and ESPN and they're going back and forth and somehow they've got a backup schedule for OU and Texas in the SEC and they can agree on all that. Maybe that's it. But who's gonna who's gonna do the buying out? Would it be ESPN and Fox together? Would it, you know, could OU and Texas play some pay some of it? I don't know, but maybe, maybe that could be it. Somebody on the text line said, "Well, actually, Tattoo Baker is six four. Really? All right. Well, I'm jotting that down. Official heights. I'm gonna have to start keeping official heights. Uh, heard two star Teddy's team didn't even have enough people to play eight man. That's from the text line as well. Ford Gibson. Yeah, Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. Scott is raising them young to listen to the ref, shaping the minds of America's youth. I'm Harrison's grandpa. Can I get a shout-out? Yes, Steve from Tuttle. You also can have a shout-out. Yes, there you go. A multi-generational ref army family. We need to speak to the olds and the youngs. That's what we do on this show. I'm the old, you're the young. Yeah, exactly. We got the whole demographic... Uh, map covered. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, by the way, free tonight, Bedlam Basketball, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Say the first part again. 
free tonight. And I'm talking about free, like no, there's no fine print like one of those ads, you know, at the end of a, an ad where they don't want you to know the specifics. Doesn't that sound like it shouldn't be included in an advertisement, by the way? You know the ads I'm talking about? And I'm not calling out any particular place, but they say right at the end of the ad where it's some dude trying to give you the fine print, you know, in like two seconds. (laughs) That doesn't seem fair. I'm just saying, you know, there's no fine print here. It is free. You walk into the Lloyd Noble Center tonight, you're good to go. And you're going to get Red Panda tonight at halftime as well. You want the asterisk? You ready for the asterisk? Yes. This comes courtesy of Travis Davidson. Okay. He texted me to inform me, and I now relay to you, that important reminder that the LNC is a cashless facility. May have some people taking advantage of free admission tonight that don't know that. So, bring your credit card. I don't know these days who who, who there still is that doesn't carry a credit card or and or has Apple Pay or whatever the case may be, but just make sure you have some means of purchasing power other than cash. You know, the thing is, yeah, you should have something that you can use. Personally, I still like cash. I don't use it very much, but I would like to. Who out there, though, has ever been in a situation so bad, yes, I said situation, where you had to roll out the pennies, man, and the change. As a college student, tell me you've done that, Parker, one time. Never have I done that, Steely. Really? Never have what, I done that. What, do you that. live in a giant gated mansion there in Nebraska or what? You've, you've never – okay, maybe you've used your debit card and it has like a dollar and 18 cents on it, something like that. I've never been that broke. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got, ladies and gentlemen, this is like Thurston Howell's grandson here. Another older reference. You know, the millionaire billionaire on Gilligan's Island. That's who I think we have here. But I will say there have been times where, you know what, I got to get the loose change out. It's times are tough. Back in school, back in the day. So maybe if you have to do that, go deposit it at your bank first. I'm just saying. Sooner Soldier says, free as in just show up, no requirements. Count me and my 10-year-old daughter in. Boomer. There you go. Two more. Sooner Soldier, ladies and gentlemen, will be at the LNC tonight. Steel Man has an incredible turkey call. Let's hear Let's hear it. Let's well, hear the that's what the, You know what I'm talking about. I'm not singling out any dealer, but some dealers, you'll have the, you know, based on approved credit, and then you hear, and, and that's the fine print. Part of the commercial. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. Is that about. what a turkey sounds like? I don't know. Loose change and leftovers, the staple of my life. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, Jim Weatherall and Carl McAdams were from White Deer, Texas. At that time, they played eight-man football. Both those guys were really good players back in the Bud era, too, no doubt. Sugar Shane in Newcastle said, I ate nothing but eggs and turkey. For a month back in school. It's all about the sacrifice, Sugar Shane. It's all about the sacrifice. Okay, break time right here. We have one more segment. We will come back. I want to play the uh, sound from a Brett McMurphy 
on the Sooners in Texas, still hoping to get to the SEC in 2024. He was on Plank's uh, Big 12 show on Sirius XM Radio. Some pretty good stuff from a good reporter, Brad McMurphy. We'll have that for you coming up next. Well, we got the Big 12 schedule yesterday. You know the Sooners do pick up Cincinnati and BYU for 2023. I am happy to see uh, K-State off the schedule, like I said. K-State has been uh, Sooner Kryptonite for a while. Major props to K-State, but uh, happy to see them off the schedule, at least for a while. Well, for a long time, I guess. Depending on if the Sooners get to the SEC in 2024, we will find out. Uh, yesterday, Chris Plank on his Big 12 show on Sirius XM Radio had Brett McMurphy on. Brett obviously does a fantastic job. Really, really good reporter. He asked Brett, um, you know, are the Sooners in Texas still hoping for the SEC in 2024? Here's what Brett had to say. Well, I mean, what I initially reported was that there was growing sentiment and that there was momentum for this to happen. Mm -hmm. That has not changed. And I also reported that, you know, you've got five parties. You've got OU, Texas, the Big 12, Fox, and ESPN all have to be, quote, made whole. That hasn't changed. Um, Everyone wants it to happen, but can everyone, you know, you've got five different parties and they all feel like they have to, quote, be made whole. What, you know, if if we're in on the negotiations, we may think, well, okay, Oklahoma and Texas are made whole. Um, So is the Big 12. Uh, Fox is okay. Uh, ESPN's not. Where Fox may think, well, hey, ESPN's fine. What about us? Or the Big 12 may say, hey, look, we're, you know, we're taking a dip here. We need more right. from OU and Texas. OU and Texas may think, hey, we're giving you everything we've got. You need to go talk to ESPN. So that hasn't changed. I, I, you know, I guess if you read it that I, that I was saying that it's likely, I necessarily wasn't saying it was likely. I was just saying that everybody wants it to happen if they can all come to an agreement. There you go. So uh, my guess would be, and again, guess, let me underline that word, is that, again, this will be it for Oklahoma and Texas in uh, this coming season. Are you, will you put any percentage chance on Oklahoma and Texas being in the SEC this fall? Because some people believe that's why some people believe that they tweeted out the Big 12 schedule, but they didn't make it their own, neither Texas or Oklahoma. 5% 5% chance? I do not think Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the Big 12 this fall. I would be very surprised if that's the case. I do think they will be in the SEC come 2024. I really do. I would say 70-30, 2024 versus 2025. I'm with you. But I do not think it happens this fall. All right, 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Is the game tonight free for the Aggie fans, too? I believe it's free for everybody. It's like that Ted Nugent song back in the day, free for all. It's free for all. Okay, so there you go. Bought a 12-pack of beer with all change, says one listener with a 918 on the text line. Most was silver, but there were plenty of pennies present. <laughs> I could remember back at the old Lambda Kai house back in the day. Every now and then, you know, all right, what, what can we pull together here? You know, all right, let's go. All right, we'll go get the Safeway beer or the Mickey's Big Mouth. 
or sometimes you would go, I don't think Keystone was a thing, Dan, but there was some other garbage beer that we uh, we went for. But I remember Mickey's Big, Wa- Big Mouth was one of the uh, lowball beers that we would go. When you were looking for quantity over quality, which in college was quite often. From the Shady 580, scrapping change is a rite of passage, Steely. The fact that these kids don't understand the elation felt when you find that last needed dime <laughs> is what's wrong with the world today. Absolutely. You're like, man, all I need is another quarter. Wait, wait. There it is. Right there. That's a winner. Ham's beer. Ham's had some great. You know what? Ham's later in life, I think for a what's considered to be a garbage beer, Ham's is not that bad. Now I I don't drink beer anymore, but uh, Skinny Slims. I remember you'd get, uh, you know, get a Ham's there for two bucks, and they were pretty good. Even less than that, I believe. That's where all the soccer people hang out. Soccer people don't seem like the type of folk that are overly scrupulous about what kind of beer they're drinking. A lot of times, again, it is, yeah, Natty Light was always, Keystone is pretty dirty. The old suitcase of Keystone, the 30-pack, yeah, that was one you could, that was a popular purchase when when you were poor back in college. Mickey's Big Mouth Green Odd Shaped Bottle, what memories from the 80s? Yes, Sooner Soldier. Didn't they have like a riddle on them or something? Scotch Buy, that was it. Scotch buy from Safeway. That was pure evil, but we drank it. It's pretty bad. Scotch buy. Scotch buy. I've never heard of that in my life. It was. Of course, I've only been to a Safeway probably three or four times. Last Safeway I was at was in Rapid City, South Dakota in 2015. Yeah, where are the Safeways now? There's one in Rapid City, South Dakota. That's about all I know. Aren't there some out on the West Coast? I'm not sure. There have got to be some still left out there. I'm sure there are. IGAs, you know, back in the day. We Uh, had those everywhere. The last IGA I was at was in Tate, Georgia in 2013. Tate, Georgia? Tate, Georgia. Hmm. Up in the mountains. That sounded like a, a young Parker Thune was maybe at the age of like 12 years old scouting recruits or something if you were in georgia no i was i was visiting my grandparents that's where they lived at the time gotcha milwaukee's best the beast yeah that was pretty it's pretty bad how do they decide okay this batch of beer is not good this is your old milwaukee barrel right here i mean they have to distinguish this is the instructional league beer this is our major league right here Old Milwaukee was definitely bottom of the barrel, no doubt. Oh, here you go. This listener in the 405 says, in college I once had to write a check at the toll booth. (laughs) The toll was 75 cents. Oh, that's nice. That is very nice. (laughs) So good. Oh, man. All right, got to get out of here. That brings back some good memories right there. A 75-cent check at the toll booth. These kids will never know what it takes, right? They'll never know. They're just sitting there, man, just playing their video game. Well, I am too. They're just sitting there, man, looking at tickety-tock and Instaface and all that stuff. They've never had it tough like we did writing a 75-cent check for a toll booth. Okay, we got to get out of here, everybody. Have a great rest of your – what is today, Wednesday? I've lost track of time and everything. 
We're going to get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas coming up next. And uh, Bedlam is free tonight, 8 o'clock tip at the LNC. If you can't make it out there, ESPN2 for the Sooners-Cowboys Bedlam matchup. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you.